0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single morning celebrates the people who are making Coast of Mississippi a great place to live, work, and play. And as you know, we do a lot of celebrating on this show. It's a very positive show focused on, you know, centering around the leaders some of them you know, some of them some of them you don't know, who are in the trenches working together to make this such an amazing place to live. And uh, you know, as I've said so many times on Coastview, View, one of the things that make us so resilient after big disasters, unfortunately, that we have to face along the way, is that we care about our neighbors. You know, when when a, when the going gets tough for coastal communities of uh, of coastal Mississippi, uh, the reality is. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat or what color you are. We reach out to our neighbors and we help them, and we've seen that time and time again. I think because Hurricane Katrina, you know, we were were ground zero for the worst natural disaster in American history. It really, in some ways, sort of creates within us, in our DNA, this ability to bounce back and be resilient, and that's really, really important. That's one of the reasons why I've been so focused on this insurance issue over the past week or two. We've been knowing that, that some changes were coming. I said that when I was publisher at the Sun-Herald and at, at, at Mobile and at the Times-Speaking in New Orleans, if I think about things I wrote the most, and I, not me personally, but I'm saying certainly I wrote some columns about it, but as an editorial board, as lead lead of the editorial board, we wrote more editorials about insurance than any other subject. Uh, certainly at the, after Katrina at the Sun-Herald wrote a lot about it. Uh, Uh, both from a wind coverage point of view and from a flood point of view, but it's a very dynamic situation for those of us who live on the coast, and it's something we ought to all be incredibly constantly focused on. Um, we had Frank Bordeaux join us last week. He's a local insurance executive who who's, has tremendous billions of dollars of coverage in coastal Mississippi, uh, mostly commercial. And uh, we talked about FEMA's new flood uh, insurance, the risk rating 2.0. We'll just call it the new flood program. A flood insurance program. And we spent a whole show talking about it. I went back into the history of the program and and this effort to make it actuarially sound, which is essential to say it's got to kind of pay for itself. The federal government's continued to subsidize billions of dollars. And uh, with an increasing number of, of flood events across the United States, this is a really big issue. So I get why they want to why they have to do something to make it more sound from a business point of view? Uh, then I had um, then I had Bill Laverzone from the Harrison County Development Commission, and he talked about the efforts underway to have governmental entities all along the coast of Mississippi to join with other governmental entities all across the Gulf States, to uh, to sign letters uh, supporting efforts to try to get some kind of a of a uh, you know, slowdown of this effort to implement risk rating 2.0, so we can really understand what the impact's going to be. And then Ashley Edwards joined me at the end of the week last week, and we talked about, from a business perspective, just from a strategic uh, point of view, with Coastal Mississippi really working to be this engine for the state, we're the economic engine for the state. We know that. With Ingalls on one side and uh, Stennis on the other and the casinos and hospitality and all the things that we do, we're incredibly important to the state. And a lot of people near, live near water. I mean, you know, all social demographics live near water, and it's a very, very important issue when we talk about flood insurance. It's especially important here in coastal Mississippi because after Hurricane Katrina, a lot of people were grandfathered. They didn't have more than 50% damage. FEMA said they could rebuild their home, and so they did, and they would be grandfathered into the program. Well, this new program eliminates the grandfather clause, and that is going to be potentially a very big deal for coastal Mississippi. So with all that said, I wanted to ask my old friend to join us, and I visited with him a little bit before the show started, and, you know, recalled as we were talking that we've fought a lot of battles together in this state over, over a bunch of darn years. And uh, you look like you've, uh, you've weathered the storms over the many, many years pretty well. Mike Cheney, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I I would question your camera, Ricky, because <laughs> I looked at uh, some pictures from uh, when I was inaugurated back in 2008 and where I am today, 14 years later. I've aged a little bit. I've lost a lot of hair, like a lot of other folks. But um, I well, enjoy look, the job. I think I'm I admire business. you.
0: I admire you for hanging in there over all these years. Um, There is, you know, I think, you know, the creation of a wind pool in Mississippi, a lot of people said it couldn't be done. It's it's probably one of the success stories after Hurricane Katrina. I think you went to a wind pool meeting today, so maybe you have different information about that. But, you know, there's been so many battles, you know, wind versus water, the flood insurance issues, you know, the wind issues. And we've done a fairly, with, with the exception of this latest Situation related to the flood insurance program, we've we've done a pretty good job in this state, sort of rebuilding the sort of foundation of availability of insurance in in, in Mississippi, haven't we? we?
1: That we have. And uh, speaking of the wind pool, um, flood insurance will affect the wind pool and the rates on the Gulf Coast, and that's a major concern of mine because if you're if you're in the wind pool, we require you to have flood insurance specifically if you are. Uh, at a base flood elevation that's not what FEMA dictates. So that eliminates a lot of problems for us. And uh, it's it's going to be a big issue. And one of the things that we told the board, they need to address how we're going to go after flood insurance since we're losing grandfather in portability. Um, and portability. And that can really be an issue for us at the WinPOO. So uh, to tell you what we're doing, Rick, uh, we're out trying to recruit private carriers to come in and supplant uh, the NFIP, the federal government at, at a lower rate than what these consumers are going to be charged. These rate increases are going to be uh, draconian to the guys that live on the Gulf Coast. And you know, I'm partial to the Gulf Coast. I've got family there. I've son-in-laws from there. Um, so we we, 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 uh, we understand the impact on the Gulf Coast.
0: I've been doing it. Cal, do you have those couple of photos that I sent you? You have those where you can pull them up? Okay. I, I, I found... The Association of Floodplain Managers, with the help of Pew, uh, nonprofit group, they were they did some ass- assessment to de- to develop an interactive map, and it's, it doesn't work well on your iPhone, I might add. But and and then Ann tried to pull it up on her computer, yes. it didn't work really well there. But what I did is I pulled it up, and 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 it's it's basic, it's very basic. But one of the one of the pictures we're going to show, you can show the blue and first Kyle when you get it. It shows um, the number of people. It shows it shows geographic, and so the darker the area, the more concentrated the increases. But in the first one, it shows up to $20 a month. And then the second one, we'll show those in just a second. And for the radio audience, I'm just going to, sh- to tell you that the dark blue is, is uh, basically solid along the coast. and But then the next one is more than 20% a month and could be much greater than that. And uh, it's essentially kind of a pinkish-red color, and it's also solid along the coast, which, which essentially says that the number of increases along the coast are going to be very significant, not to mention the dropping of the grandfather clause, which is, uh, is, is not good. Let me, let me tell you how they worded that part of it. Um, it says, that, uh, will subsidized premiums increase under... Ra- risk rating 2.0. They they, they they That's what they call the grandfather, that were subsidized no. premiums. Okay, risk rating 2.0 continues to phase out of uh, the National Flood Insurance subsidies which began with the uh, Bigger Waters Flood Insurance Reform Act of 2012 and continued with the Homeowner Flood Insurance Affordability Act of 2014. Property currently grandfathered will see premiums move toward a full risk-based rate under the risk rating 2.0. New policies and those renewed under the risk rating 2.0 will not be grandfathered, and all new policies will pay the full risk-based rates. Big deal. So what it means is that not only will someone not be grandfathered, but the uh, because they were given the OK by FEMA to build, rebuild their home, not at the current ABFE, that the current program is going to now going to do an evaluation of their risk based on them being below the required flood map requirement, and they're going to end up having to pay more. It's not just they're going to be, have to pay fairly, they're going to end up having to pay more because their risks are greater. They're no longer going to be subsidized. And one of the things, you know, I don't think I, we, you and I talked about this, and I've been looking for this number, but one of the things, and I think you've maybe even requested this of FEMA, but we don't know the actual number, and that's quite interesting that FEMA wouldn't know that, because <laughs> reducing or eliminating grandfathering, you would think would be very significant, wouldn't you?
1: That you would, Rick. You know, back um, in in the spring and early summer, uh, several folks, including WLOX and Supertalk, asked me to be on about flood insurance, and the numbers I had to quote, and the only numbers I had that I could get my hands on were the ones that FEMA gave me, and uh, the policy counts and who would have an increase and who wouldn't have an increase, and it turns out they are very inaccurate when when you look under the cover and see what the rates really are, all uh, the consumers are facing some really tough, tough numbers. And I, I know you've done your research on this, so I won't talk too long about it, but it's it's a big deal to us. Yeah. And yeah. so we don't have the numbers from FEMA is all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I get it. I get it. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, me, me being a news guy, what I wanted to see is how much comprehensive news coverage has there been around this. And I found I found stories all over. But I found the most number of stories in Florida. And the reason, obviously, is right. you and I talked about before the before the show started, five million policyholders in the United States in the flood program, two million of those are in Florida. So you can only imagine how Marco Rubio and and the, the delegation there are concerned about it. But what they found is that FEMA's estimates, and they have a there's a there's a watchdog group, a nonprofit watchdog group, <clears throat> Fair Insurance Rates in Monroe, which is where the keys are located, uh, that has done some, some analysis. And what they said is that their database analysis shows something vastly different when looking at the keys in terms of what FEMA said they were going to be and what they actually are. And so I think that, that whatever, whatever Key West is experiencing, or not Key West, I would say the keys in general, are going to be very much what Coastal Mississippi is going to experience here. Um, And in their case, uh, they said FEMA has said rates should increase about $240 for almost 93% of the Monroe County uh, policyholders. And their analysis said it's going to be much greater than that. Hey, we've got... um, We've got Mike Cheney, the Commissioner of Insurance for the state of Mississippi, and we're talking about the flood insurance situation, and uh, policyholders will begin to start. If you're an existing policyholder, you'll start to understand impact starting on April the 1st as renewals happen. It doesn't all happen at one time. Or if you're trying to sell your house. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
0: Well, as I mentioned, we've got a looming flood insurance issue that we will be facing over the coming months. And uh, a lot of people may not really understand it until they get their renewal notice. Now, the good news is that there is good news, and I don't think it's good news, is that they're capped at 18% a year. So if your, say, your flood insurance goes up from $500 a month to $4,000 a month, they will get there over the next few years. But imagine... Going from 500 to 4,000, and, and and the situation we're facing now with with uh, inflation and all the other challenges that people have on it's not not a good situation. So I've got Mike Cheney, the Mississippi Insurance Commissioner, here talking with me about it. What Mike? One of the things I mentioned is that um, we've got we've got good strong delegations that on the coastal communities, it's bipartisan, I might add, that are focused on trying to bring as much attention to the need to slow this down as possible. I know Cindy um, Hyde-Smith signed on to it. She's been in touch with your office. Why don't you kind of give me a sense of that?
1: Well, Cindy Hyde's been very proactive, and she and I served together in the state senate before I became commissioner, and she became ag commissioner and U.S. senator, so she understands where the rubber meets the road on the Gulf Coast, and uh, she understands the draconian rate increases that they're going to suffer, and she's trying to stay on top of it, but they have limited staff, and there's so much going on in Washington. I think uh, some of the other senators in the U.S. Congress have uh, kind of let this slip through. Uh, And it's just not on their back burner. They're more concerned about other issues. But to that avail, let me tell you what we are doing. Uh, David Altmaier, the commissioner in uh, Florida, is outgoing president of NAIC, the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. And David is going to head up the catastrophic working group or NAIC and one of the first issues he's going to tackle are the draconian rate increases that uh, FEMA's projecting for us right now because Florida as as you've already said has two million out of the five million policies in the country that are issued. Mississippi has 63,000 or maybe 61,000. We do have some private coverage so Wicker and Sidney Hyde's office have been very proactive in staying in touch with us and Ah, uh, we've expressed our concerns about grandfathering, especially and about portability, being able to move. If you sell your house to move to another house, you carry it with you. So we're there.
0: So I wanted I wanted to share this with you. Um, as I mentioned, Marco Rubio has been all over it, and he's been working with Senator Menendez and Cindy Hyde Smith and many others to to tr- their efforts. Initially, were to stop the initial round, which is. For new policyholders that started on October the first, they didn't—they didn't get that done. But Marco Rubio has been really working hard to try to change this. Well, in direct—in direct response to Marco Rubio on an NBC Miami uh, TV station, uh, David Morstad—I I, I think I'm pronouncing his name—he's a senior executive for the FEMA's National Flood Insurance Program. Here's what he said, and this doesn't give me confidence. I am confident I can confidently say the prices are fair and reflect the property's unique flood risk. And then he goes on to say that he doubts you know he can confidently <laughs> say there's not going to be any delays. So they're standing their ground and I think it's going to take legislative action to to you know slow this thing down.
1: Uh, that it will and, and and Rick when you look at it uh, when he uh FEMA exec makes that statement. He's got something in his back pocket he knows that we don't know. And maybe we do know that the state of Florida didn't carry for a certain candidate. And uh, that's a good way to punish two million people in the state of Florida.
0: So It really is.
1: I hate to bring politics into it, but uh, sometimes it does enter in. We are going to approach it from a different point of view. And if I have to sue FEMA, I've got some commissioners lined up to help us. I think Commissioner Jim Donilon in Louisiana would join in with us. Um, Redland in Alabama, and um, I, I know that Florida would probably join in with us. We, we're yeah, I know very there's been about where we are.
0: Well, what's interesting is that, uh, first of all, Senator Cassidy, he's a, as you know, he's an MD, he's a smart guy, <laughs> he's a smart um,
1: guy,
0: he's a he smart really guy. Is. Um, but you know, if you go and look, he's he's been. Quite adamant about the situation and in terms of what FEMA said was going to happen and then what he saw happening. And uh, the one case, I think I mentioned this to you before we got started, the one case in, in Lake Charles where someone who was not even in a flood zone, they're not in a flood zone. Yeah. They were paying 570 because they wanted to have insurance. They just wanted to have insurance because they wanted to have it. Now it's going to be fifty-two hundred dollars, and they're not currently in a flood zone. So I got a, a big question mark now about homes that are currently not in flood zones in coastal Mississippi. How many are going to be added? How are they going to be added? What's the process for doing that? What's the process for for uh, you know debating you know inclusion into that? You know what's what's the recourse going to look like? You know all these. I'm not asking you to answer these questions because a lot of this is uh, unknown. You know, it's, it's a lot of the process for how we push back on this is kind of going to be a little bit unknown. But um, big, big time concerned.
1: Well, what else well, do you
0: want to add about it?
1: Well, well Rick, on the Gulf Coast and, and Harrison County, we've got sixteen thousand policies plus that are in NFIP, and probably every one of them will have a rate increase. There'll be a few that will stay solid, and I think we got a little over eight thousand policies in Hancock County and. Those guys are going to get hammered. They're going to get mm-hmm. hammered. And and the reason is you've got Waveland, you've got uh, Bay St. Louis that are fairly low. And um, I, I'm, I'm really concerned because if, what the consumer doesn't always get, if without insurance, you will not have an economy. And you got to yeah. have insurance for people to live there and work. And the, and the coast is is big in the state on the economy. So you, you kind of know where I'm coming from. I'm, yeah, I'm for grandfathering in and I'm for... Uh, trying to uh, draw down from that 18%, I'm for what Rubio's trying to do and Sidney Hyatt Smith's trying to do, our U.S. Yeah. Senator, is to lower it down tonight.
0: So one of the things that that uh, both Bill and Frank talked about, Bill Lavers from the Harris County Development Commission yeah, good and man. Frank uh, Bordeaux, uh, what, they, what they talked about was that you've got, you've got a lot of restaurants along the coast. And I mean, restaurants have hurt. I mean, think about what restaurants have had to go through in the pandemic. I mean, my God. I mean, it's like no rest at all for the weary. I mean, and then they get hit with another spike with Omicron. And now they're going to get hit with another hit with 25% increase. It, that, that's, what the, that's what the increase is for commercial entities, 25%. So what's going to happen is, let's say they're paying, I don't know what their number is, 2000 I don't know what their number I don't know what a, a viable number is for a restaurant but let's say it's going to be 10,000. So what's going to happen is they're going to they're going to incur 25% increases year after year until they get to the 10,000 number. Wow, that is that's going to be hard to get our heads around. So the, the what's happening, that you know, inland communities, for the most part, are going to pay less. Coastal communities are going to pay a lot more. And, you know, the other thing that makes me a little bit crazy, Mike, is that this whole notion of it's all about rich people who, who choose to live on the beach. And we're talking, you mentioned here, you mentioned Hancock County. And, you know, you got, you got, you, the, it covers the entire socioeconomic ladder, people who are being covered by, 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 um, by flood insurance. It's not about rich people. But unfortunately, right. too often it becomes about that. Unfortunately.
1: So, when you look at people on the Gulf Coast, they're not all rich. When you when you get 250 feet off the Gulf Coast, off Tobias Road, you can see where people live. And they're not, yeah. these are not rich people. These are the same people that I grew up with and I live with. They, they all are working class people. And that's been a way that FEMA has looked at this and, and some of the um, congressmen have said oh you know they're rich people but that's not so and what I've encouraged them to do is come down to the Gulf Coast and look go to the other states and look where they live go to Lake Charles and see what you're doing to the people look what you did in past Christian for a 73 year old couple they rebuilt your specs and their rates went from 400 to 22 thousand damn dollars and, and that's when I filed a suit I said that's wrong yeah. And we can't have that. So I don't want to get on my soapbox. I, uh, I want people okay. to know that we're working for them.
0: But, hey, but see, again, Mike, I know you. We worked together a lot back when I was at the Sun-Herald and the years after Katrina. And I know what those fights look like. And I know how you stood up for the people of Mississippi. So you don't have to convince me. And passion, you know, passion's a good thing right now. We, I think we need to have more of our leaders with the passion that you're expressing because the noise, it's going to, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take, I don't know what the level's got to be to be able to cut through the noise on the national stage. I mean, it's just so much going on. And you know what's going to happen is we're going to end up, you know, a lot of this is going to start to get implemented and they're going to have to, something will happen because there's going to be a lot of noise from every coastal community in the United States and, and then something will be done. I hope that we can be more proactive than that. I'm hoping we can get attention sooner than that so that people don't have to go through the stress of the uncertainties of not knowing where all this is going to play out, because the fi- financially it could be it could be very very significant. Yeah. Correct. So um anyway, is there anything else on the flood insurance program? We'll uh, we'll I think, Cal, we're coming to the end of the segment. We're getting close. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, so I will say, uh, yeah. Rick, that this is a national program, and we have to work within the framework of the federal government. So. It's not something that we closely regulate. So I've taken the approach, and my staff has too, that what we can do best is to recruit companies to come in and write private flood like Coastal American does. I'm not giving a plug to anybody. I'm just making a yeah. fact. And yeah. we've got uh, four uh, surplus lines companies that are still writing on the Gulf Coast, albeit it's not a lot of policies, but a thousand better than zero. And the more these people that we can recruit uh, to write and compete against the federal government and keep rates low, that's the ones we want here. But yeah. the key is you got to keep them long term. They can't come in for six months or a year and leave. You know what I'm saying? right.
0: Well, my goal in this show is just to bring, get it in people's heads, just to say, hey, you better pay, pay attention to this. You better, you better talk to your insurance agency to start understanding Amen. what your impact is going to be. And uh, if we, ach- if we achieve that goal, we've, we've done our, our, job. So anyway, thank you for visiting. It's great to see you again, my friend.
1: Great, great to see you. I, I will be on the Gulf Coast next week. Um, uh, talking to a group of independent agents. And this, what, one of the subjects we'll talk about is what you need to do as an agent to help yeah. your consumers on flood insurance. Thank
0: you okay, so much. Thank for you thank me This be, has been right. Mike Cheney, the Commissioner of Insurance for Mississippi. Uh, we will see you after this break. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.